We'll see you guys in a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
everybody for you know the lack of um, you know recordings because of all the travels and all the busyness with our schedules and everything. But uh, anyways, we're back to our regular schedule, hopefully uh, with this amazing podcast. So uh, just a little quick taste of the highlights of what I really did in Hong Kong. It was mainly just for business, but the one thing that really stood out was that I tried a three Michelin star restaurant, and uh, it's called yeah, it's called uh, Bo Innovation. Uh, the chef is very well known. Uh, some say he is the Gordon Ramsay of Hong Kong. So he rips uh, off Gordon Ramsay. He doesn't. <laughs> He just does make, it uh, just because, fun of Hong Kong. <laughs> because there is a connection between uh, him and Gordon Ramsay. Uh, his name is Alvin Lung, and he's actually one of the main judges for MasterChef Canada. Oh, uh-huh, okay. So, yeah, it does have that type of connection because, you know, Gordon Ramsay is one of the judges for MasterChef uh, America or USA. Yeah. Well, quick question. Uh, so, so the highest amount of Michelin stars you can get is four, right? No, three. Three is the three. max. Oh, I thought it was four. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, three, three is really hard to get. No, I, mean, I if know. You're, if I think you're, I, restaurants get excited when they get one. Like just, just the fact that you're on the map. Yeah, that that's if you're a regular restaurant, not really trying to push the boundaries. But if you're trying to push the boundaries and you want to be the best, one star is considered as a insult. I think it depends on what I think it depends on what level of your 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 yeah career exactly you're at. yeah if you're really balls out and you're trying to be the best then three is probably good and then one is bad but if you're a regular mom and pop shop and you're getting one star you're like oh my god we got a star yeah 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 or if you just opened the year before <laughs> yeah exactly so uh, I mean this restaurant is very interesting. Uh, he 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 wasn't there because I think he's filming Master Chef in Canada. Mm-hmm. So he was born in Hong Kong, but he uh, grew up in Canada. So yeah, he was just a yeah, he was just a regular kid, and uh, he never really got into cooking until he just tried out of nowhere. But anyways, that's a whole different thing. You can look him up on Wikipedia, uh, Alvin Lu. So at the very beginning of the service of this restaurant. Uh, it was just me and my cousin in the restaurant and there was a couple that was sitting like across from us so basically there was only four people in the restaurant did you have to make reservations uh you did but then luckily they had openings for us to to uh to come in so two of you right yeah we looked up that probably helped too (laughs) yeah we, we looked up the whole list of uh michelin star restaurants in hong kong and surprisingly there are a lot the only thing is that uh, three Michelin star restaurants, they're only a handful. So uh, I emailed a couple of them, and it turns out Bo Innovations was the only one that replied back. So we're really happy that we even got that reservation. So anyways, four people in the restaurant, but the staff, there was like 30 people on staff. <laughs> and we're thinking, how can these people live off of, you know, just four customers in the restaurant? yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it was literally, uh, I felt like we were being served by 10 people at the same time, because they were all looking at us. You're like, how much are we going to have to tip? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but anyways, the food was very top-notch. All the dishes have some type of meaning, 
and they represent Hong Kong really well, very well. And at Alvin's restaurant, I felt like uh, I was being told uh, a story. It, it, it took me on a, a journey, basically, through Hong Kong that mm-hmm. I'd never really experienced before. And I felt like after the whole meal, I've been living in Hong Kong all my life. So, so they yeah, put it, drugs it, in your food. <laughs> I, I guess in a way. I mean, it, it kind of pictures yourself in the moment yeah, living yeah. In, in Hong Kong. So it, it kind of starts your journey with uh, child's play where when you're little uh, in Hong Kong, what do you do? What do you eat? And it's very interesting because the dishes that they serve is what kids eat in Hong Kong. So I really like how that uh, yeah. played off because uh, some of the dishes that you start eating, you're like, oh, wow, these look like little miniature uh, uh, things that you know kids eat. But it, it's not just like a snack for kids. When you taste it, it's like very familiar uh, dishes that you probably ate before somewhere um, somehow you don't even know but mm. they have some type of uh, um, inspiration from a bunch of different Chinese dishes that a lot of people probably have familiar taste taste buds to it There's but some connection yeah to them yeah so anyways um, so since we're short on time I'm just gonna go through three different dishes that I had okay um, <clears throat> one of the dishes that really stood out to me was all of these waiters were walking around with a Dr. Seuss book. I was wondering where that was going to come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they would open up the Dr. Seuss book. And I mean, before they even open it, I mean, you can see it on, on, on the cover. It's green eggs and ham. Yeah, that cover has not changed in years. It's the same yeah. cover. Yeah. Yeah. So they would put the book in front of me and I would look at it. I'm like, are we supposed to read this book while we're eating or something? Yeah. And before I even said anything, they open the book and you see green eggs and ham. Mm. And it's one of the dishes that you saw in, in the Snapchat. So did you know uh, the inspiration behind Dr. Seuss's uh, green eggs and ham? So <clears throat> I can't remember if it was that book or one of the other ones, but I know Dr. Seuss took on a challenge that he would write a child's book using like, I don't know, like less than 20 different words. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was that one or one of his other ones. Uh, it, it's uh, probably this. I, I think it was a whole principle of all of his books have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that really stood out that created this book was that back in uh, 1877, Magnolia hams were imported into Hong Kong. This is during like the World War II era. Mm-hmm. So Ulysses Grant stopped by Hong Kong during the uh, post uh, presidential tour. So instead of uh, trading a bunch of you know Chinese goods. They were trading like uh, foods and the, the Hong they were Kong. Foodies. Yeah, they were foodies, and the Hong Kong people were giving them rats, mm. like field rats. And then uh, Ulysses is like, "Uh, we have ham. We brought ham. Do you guys want to eat ham?" So pretty much the people in Hong Kong were eating hams. So a lot of uh, uh, the people were stationed in Hong Kong. Uh, a lot of the uh, army men were coming back to the U.S. And they would tell people, they would be like, hey, we would have ham and this like really weird green egg in the morning, which is a thousand-year-old egg. You've seen oh, those, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people thought that was really very absurd. So that was the inspiration on green eggs and ham because Dr. Seuss was hearing about it and he thought it was very absurd. Yeah. So no, he made... A book about green eggs and ham, which is based on this. Which, 
the the green egg aspect is very Asian. I can't believe I never quite, I never tried to make that connection before. Yeah, it it wasn't really green eggs. It's more like well, a black color. egg. Yeah, but the fact that it's yeah. uh it's a different colored and, and that's yeah, I mean the yolk area is a little green, so I think that's where the connection comes in. Yeah, I think that kind of happens though when you when you overcook uh the different age eggs. Yeah, but anyways, dude, that dish was pretty darn good. The egg was. Like a uh, um, devil's egg, mm-hmm. oh, but it okay. had yeah, it, it had a really creamy texture and it was so good. And they had uh, not just regular ham, but it was smoked ham. It was just so good. It was uh, nice and uh, toasty, nice and hot, and very juicy. There was a lot of fat content into it, and I think that's why it's so good. But anyways, that's green eggs and ham. Um, mm-hmm. Very delicious. The next dish that really stood out was a crab tofu soup, but it was served inside a baby food container. What do you mean baby? Like the little like Tupperware kind of thing? Like the no, no, like a uh, 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 Gerber. Oh, the little jar. Little yeah, bag. the little yeah. jars. Yeah, it, it's very weird when you tell people, "Oh, yeah, I went to a, a three Michelin star restaurant and they served us baby food." They're weird that way, though. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, they they had a purpose to it. It was because they were celebrating. 60,000 babies that were born each year in Hong Kong. So the, that's, that, that's the, yeah, that's a lot of babies. So uh, to celebrate that, they would cook all of these different types of uh, foods that they would cook for the little kids, little babies. And one of the things that a lot of the parents cooked was crab tofu soup. And that's why they put it into a little jar. So this, this dish was called 60,000 a year. So that's what that was all about. So that kind of stood out to me because I mean you're eating, you know. Yeah, food. yeah. Well, and the 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 you're saying them feeding uh, crab tofu soup mm-hmm. didn't seem like baby food, but then again, it's soup, so yeah. I guess it kind of yeah. fits. Yeah, and uh, the last dish is uh, called a classic upgrade. Uh, it's a different take on sardine cans uh, with the uh, fish and mustard greens, and it, it's a classic in Hong Kong because it was feeding a lot of families for a lot of generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how like sardines here canned foods are cheap and that's what it was for Hong, Hong Kong people so anyways uh, because it was a staple of uh, Hong Kong islands and they were serving a lot of that they took different upgrade on it so that's why it's called a classic upgrade so they would serve everything that was in the can but with fresh ingredients oh okay okay so the, the, the can is just the, the, contain, the, the, the serving vessel yeah, it's not the actual stuff that comes in. Okay, yeah, that makes they're sense. just trying to celebrate the the canned foods that was a big impact in Hong Kong culture. So yeah. they're happy that we gave them spam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, that that's pretty much uh, uh, um, some of the dishes, and it really brought you through the history of Hong Kong and what the people were like. And uh, if I would go back again, uh, I I. I would happily go back again but i wouldn't recommend to keep eating there all the time because i mean they have a set menu yeah and it only changed a couple times a year and every year i do think that they have a different menu but uh it's an experience but i don't see myself going very often i would recommend people to go eat and enjoy but see yeah. see we ha- we have an agent person in the chat that ha- that loves spam i don't know what the fascination with spam is <laughs> hey, spam is delicious i mean uh, uh it's good 
fake meat. <laughs> I don't no, even know. It, what it no, is. no, it's 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 real. It's real meat. It's just uh-huh. over over seasoned. Yeah. Um, okay. Fried well, spam is good. Um, yeah, fried that. spam is good. Spam musubi is delicious. I love spam musubi. I think it's because seaweed. <clears throat> um. Okay. So you know, I have to ask. Uh, you know, three star Michelin star restaurant. How much did it cost? Uh, it's four hundred dollars a pop. That's not bad considering those type of restaurants. Yeah, I was really surprised because I had uh, Le Bernardine in New York, and that was about five hundred dollars. And I didn't have that great of an experience as I had here. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a French cuisine in New York, but it was so classic and so old school that I didn't. I don't think they went the extra mile. They played it safe with what they were yeah. uh, serving. So. But at the very least, it's a one-time experience, so you kind of check off your list anyways. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let's go on to our new segment. Yeah, that was a long segment. Sorry about that, but it was right. very interesting. <laughs> I had to share. No, no, yeah, I, I was going to ask you about the food, too, after I saw your pictures. Mm-hmm. All right, Anton. Uh, so, in news, uh, sadly, Stanley passed away. This is uh, this happened a week and a half ago. Uh, but, I mean, we considering all the stuff we talk about Marvel and superhero stuff, it, you know, we'd be amiss if we didn't mention it. Yeah. Uh, not really a surprise to anybody. We all kind of knew um, this is going to happen eventually. Yeah, but and surprisingly, they uh, they gave an autopsy report. Uh, I think yesterday. Oh, did they? Um, so, yeah, it, the cause of death. Going. Yeah, the cause of death was that um, you know usually when people eat and they choke on food and it goes into the wrong esophagus. Uh, er, yeah, so it goes to like uh, the lungs. Uh-huh. So he was he was having uh, that problem, but then uh, it also came into factor that his heart. Um, had problems uh, while he was doing that, so maybe he was coughing or something. Yeah, and it well, that stopped co- that, his heart. Yeah, that goes with age. It, he was just falling mm-hmm. apart. Um, yeah. But the, but I mean, the good thing is, before he passed away, he did purge like the those toxic people in his life. I remember when mm-hmm. uh, Josiah from the Comic Syndicate was on the podcast? We talked about how uh, one of his old business partners was stealing his blood and trying to market it for, to make pens out yeah. of. Yeah. Uh huh. So like luckily like he he managed to clean out that so like now I think his daughter was in charge of his uh is uh it been uh, managing his career um, yeah and all that stuff uh, so. they cremated him and uh, she's in possession of his ashes yeah it's good yeah mm-hmm. so I mean at least like if he passed away at least he passed away on good terms um mm-hmm. and he got to see the happiness he brought to people yeah rest in peace sir yeah so speaking of happiness <laughs> uh Tesla you know Elon. He likes to try to market different things mm-hmm. uh, just to promote his brand. Yes. Uh, for boring, the Boring Company, he did the flamethrower. Yeah. For Tesla. No, he, not the flamethrower. No, not sorry, a not, flamethrower. Not a flamethrower. Flamethrower. <laughs> um, is your volume down? I'm starting to get a, little feedback, a lot of feedback. Is my phone down? And, and yes, Juliet, you did hear right. Uh, somebody tried to steal. Well, they tricked Stan Lee into doing a blood test. But instead of using that, te- that blood for testing... The, they took it and then they try to make pens out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so t- uh, back to Elon. Elon is trying to make Tesla Kila. Tesla Kila. Tesla branded tequila. <laughs> However, he's running. He's running with some problems with the uh, Tequila Commission. 
Um, I forget what their official name is. But is he doing that as a stunt just to get more money for the company? It's, yeah, promotional stuff. You know how he is. Um, and so he, I think it's just he, he thought it'd be fun to do, and especially because yeah. the names are similar. But because they're not considering it true tequila, since it's a new brand and it's not coming from a specific region of Mexico, uh-huh. um, they don't want to let him make it. So he, so I think the way around it for him is going to have to be to work with an existing tequila distillery mm-hmm. and just label it that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I wish Julia. Yeah. T- Julia's in the chat saying that if you buy if buy a Tesla, you get tequila for free. That's a ver- that's the very least they can give you for what you're paying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I would, have I would a buy drink it. after you buy the car or when you get your delivery. <laughs> I was say like not when you before you go. Here's a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, so he, I'm sure he'll find a way around it. He always does, um, yeah. like he did with the not a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of I, I want it. I'd buy it I'll, yeah. I, if it's under 200. I'm buying it. <laughs> uh, okay, so next one is going to be Aquaman early screenings. I'm not sure if you heard about mm-hmm. this yet. Uh, Amazon is teaming up with uh, Adam Tickets. Uh, they're going to do uh, early screening tickets for. Aquaman a I week think it's a early. week early. Yeah. yeah, a week early. Yeah. So and Amazon's been doing a lot of that with uh, a lot of the other movies, too. I guess it's a way of marketing it and trying to uh, get more of a buzz. Did you buzz. check it out, though? I did. You did? I checked out the... Because the, the, I'm like, oh, why not? You know, I'll, I'll see what... It, I just want to see it. The thing <laughs> is, all the tickets available for around me were mm-hmm. the seats and the first three rows that 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 row closest to the screen before Uh it breaks off into like the amphitheater side oh no way so i'm like like are they sold out already like because i I did it the Uh day of yeah and but and i found it suspicious that there was no gaps usually no matter how sold out a movie is there's always like one or two gaps Uh in the amphitheater side but there wasn't so i'm thinking that they reserve the front seats for this promotion and then the remaining seats are going to be for press screenings or any other like oh, screen people. Okay, that totally makes sense because usually when I go to the screenings, like some, it, it's a hit or miss really mm-hmm. to get the seats uh, up above. Oh god! <laughs> and then Julia just in the chat just said, uh, "Aqua Aquaman will make her wet. She loves her puns and <laughs> dad jokes." <laughs> oh, Julia, I expected nothing less. Uh, so yeah, so I, that's what kind of kept me from it. I'm like, I figured if I'm going to see a movie early, I wanted to enjoy it. I'm not going to go see it just to see it in mm-hmm. that way. Um, but yeah, you're right. If it's, if it's a press, if they're reserving the rest for press, um, members makes sense that you don't want to give them crappy seats. Cause then that might affect the yeah. review. And it's getting to a point where I think we should both be signing up for press screenings. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I, I, well, I think it makes sense for you because you get out around 5 o'clock, right? Uh, at my latest. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> these screenings uh, start around like 6 or 7, sometimes yeah, 8. Yeah, and usually, yeah. The, usually I see them at the Spectrum or at, uh, I think I think at the Block also. Well, yeah, Bell of Terror too, I've seen a couple times. A few, but those are usually the smaller movies for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I didn't sign up for it. I'll, I'll just wait. I'm fine. I'm fine mm-hmm. waiting for that one. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> they don't always give you extra tick. I'm not going to go into that right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Elon, uh, Juliet was trying to sneak, sneak into the, the, the movies with press badges. Uh, so next one, Elon cancels. I think I know what this is about, but why don't you shed some light on that one, Anton? Okay. So 
there has been a development of uh, boring uh, the bottom of certain parts of L.A., trying okay. to get uh, uh, through Hawthorne, I think, uh, to he com- downtown. He completed one tunnel, or he's going to yeah. complete it. I, I think he's, he said that by, by December. Yeah, and they are about to open it up for people to, you know, yeah, I think the, try, go yeah, I through. Think, yeah, I think for free, right? Initially for free. Yeah, for free. But then uh, that didn't go through because the community uh, of the uh, certain cities... Mm-hmm. And the 405 weren't too happy with it, so they told him no, and he had to cancel it. Oh, however, so however, uh, there are certain sections of the Dodgers game, a uh, Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. and uh, the surrounding areas. There will have other tunnels that will be open very soon, and people are gonna get to go in for free. Okay, so here's the thing. So a lot of the people are are freaking out about the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Because, well, one, they're scared about the noise that the, the missions are going to make. Mm-hmm. And two, they're scared about the structural stability and also the noise once it's actually active. Mainly earthquakes. Mainly earthquakes. However, so, <laughs> the, the like, Japan, their subway tunnels are uh, an evacuation zone. They, that's where they go for, you know, it's a safe place to be during an earthquake. And they also have it for emergencies. Yeah. So tunnels are actually safe. There's a reason they're, they're built to withstand those kind of like changes. Yeah. And mm. even Elon discusses um, if there is a shift in the th- uh, the plates, uh, the way that the tunnels are designed, it just adjusts. It moves along with it. Yeah. It, 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 I think he described it as a, a snake scale. Yeah. It, it kind of adjusts to it. But the other yeah. thing too, the uh, noise. A good example would be uh, in New York. I mean, you don't really hear the subway stations that much, you know. Uh, especially at nighttime, not a lot of people are running these these uh, these routes, these routes. Yeah, and that's another thing. The the Elon even joked about saying like, if people are able to detect that he's drilling under their under their homes, they should sell that technology to the government or governments in general because that's one that's one thing that's really hard for um, militaries to detect is underground drilling, underground tunneling. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you can hear up to a certain depth, but below that, it's just dampened. Mm-hmm. So say like, yeah, if you could detect it, sell it to the Middle East, sell it to like the the the, the people, uh, the you know, U.S. government guarding the Mexican border. Like, yeah, I mean, can <laughs> you imagine uh, a lot of those studios that have those foam things? What foam things? Yeah, the the foam things to to block out noise. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And even <clears throat> even where I'm li- where I'm living right now is a, a condo, and you know the the walls are pretty close to each other but there's a concrete in between mm-hmm. and i can't even hear anything on that other side so yeah and that's like what that's probably like no more than 10 inches of concrete yeah and we're talking about like over 50 feet into the ground yeah yeah no you're not yeah. gonna hear anything it's people's imaginations so no mm-hmm. so that's ridiculous um but yeah no i don't know i have nothing to say other than ranting so let's just go on to tv yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, and it's on TV. Uh, the Haunting on Hill House, this is something I've heard a lot about, um, mm-hmm. both from friends in general and also one of your wife's bridesmaids. <laughs> Twin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, have you checked it out? Yeah. 
yeah, I checked it out. It is a very, very good show. Uh, well done, Andrew. I, All right, next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go over it too much because uh, uh, it, it's more of an experience. You have I've to heard really that, yeah. Watch it to really understand. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I didn't love it because um, it, it's very slow paced. Mm-hmm. If you're really into horror and you're very into like these uh, superstition type of shows, mm-hmm. it's good. It it, it kind of gets you at at the edge, and you you keep watching one episode after the other because you really want to know what happens to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is is very very interesting. Once you finish it. I highly recommend going online to see some of the Easter eggs, some of the missing things that you didn't really see the first time when you watched the show. Oh, so so this is something, yeah, this is one of those shows where there are so many things in there that the director uh, put inside the scenes that you don't really see until maybe after the, the, the whole experience, or maybe you did catch it, but very, very interesting show. Um, the whole way the the way that it was written mm-hmm. amazing they really put so much thought into this uh this series and i i think that's that's what really brings this home because every time you watch it if you watch it multiple times different episodes mm-hmm. you'll catch something different every single time this is actually structure and design um yeah, yeah that kind of reminds me of uh uh what's it called Amer- oh, damn it, I can't remember. american haunting oh, damn it, I can't remember. Yeah, okay this is something very interesting usually when you watch a lot of the horror shows they give you a lot of jump scares right mm-hmm. yeah this is this is a step down from like in your face scary no the jump scares yeah i mean there are a couple of them but mm-hmm. it's not intentionally like trying to scare you all the see, time see that's the thing i prefer like the more suspense or mystery based uh yeah. horror movies than the gory or the jump scares yeah so like uh the movie hereditary that came out uh very recently it's kind of a similar uh type of vibe okay i'm out i hated hereditary <laughs> <laughs> i no joke dude i, I think we, we talked about it like when I, um or i, I might have just skipped over it uh mm. the people even the people in the theater were laughing <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can give the uh, you know first couple episodes a try, yeah, just to see if you like it. I yeah. mean, it's a good story. Uh, no American doubt. Horror Story. That's the one I was thinking. That's not American mm-hmm. Hunting. American Horror Story. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out. I've heard a lot of good things about it. At least enough for me to to dive into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. And- so then, uh, uh, something I've been watching recently is uh, Jim Files, which is uh, based on Ken Block. Which you've seen some of his stunt driving mm-hmm. in uh, Jim Con one, two, three, four, five. Uh, he's done stuff from uh, El, to- El Toro Base. Okay, so down the street. And, <laughs> yeah, down the street. <laughs> uh, he did that very long time ago, probably more than 10, 15 years ago, where yeah. he just dr- yeah, where he stunt drives in his um, uh, Subaru. Yeah, I- I- I'm probably working where he was driving. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, it's that, been that, quite some time. The majority of Irvine was all the, the military base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Jim Connor Files is based on his uh, latest stunt, which is Jim Connor Ten. It's been a long time coming, and uh, this time around, because it's their tenth one, they really want to go beyond everything that they've ever done. And uh, it's it's very interesting because it it goes all the way back to where he started up to now and it's kind of like a documentary style show showing you how everything unfolded i mean he sold dc shoes 
He got into racing at a very late age uh, of 34 and 34, 37, I can't remember. But usually when people are into racing, they start at a very early age, like eight or, eight or nine years old, they're doing like kart racing. Yeah. At least get their get their foot in the door or or get their well, not feet in the door. Uh, get their feet wet. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And him going in at a very late age, it's really tough. So he he does a lot of rally car racing, which is the 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 type of racing that he's in. And for him to have this type of skill set and being placed third or fourth mm-hmm. in like championships, it tells you that he has a lot of skills for you know. Um, uh, mid age <clears throat> skills, and that's a lot of instinct too. Like yeah. some of that, yeah, just the anticipation. So that's it's yeah. hard to find. Yeah, that's the one thing that he said that he regrets in life is that he didn't have the experience when he was younger. Mm. Yeah, because he wants to be the best, and he doesn't really care about the money or winning the money. He cares about uh, being able to win the championship. So. More, more about legacy than anything. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's a good series. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, it's free. So check it out. It's Jim Kana Files. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, J-Y-M-K-H-A-N-A. G. G? Oh, I put J. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Anton. I think we're ready to uh, talk about movies. And this is... We've been, t- we've been waiting a long time for this one. Yeah, long time come. All right. So movie time. No surprise that uh, Wreck-It Ralph is uh, currently number one. I think mm-hmm. uh, anybody could predict that one. So for opening <laughs> weekend, it made uh, $56.2 million, uh, mm-hmm. followed by Creed 2 with $35.5 million. Uh, next up is going to be in a second week, Dr. Seuss, The Grinch with $30.3 million. And then in fourth place is going to be Fantastic Beast with $29.3 I really thought that The Grinch came out a little too early. Yeah. It came out, and I think it's gonna be leaving theaters soon. Actually, to be honest, uh, I'm seeing. I didn't even l- know it was out. I thought it was gonna be Christmas time. I, I wanted to see it, but yeah, closer to Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also it. I, I'm seeing less and less and less uh, show times for it. Like, so I think it's it's on its way out. So I think it's yeah. ending. Um, yeah, I, I think it. I think it was just trying to do the whole Thanksgiving thing. Uh, it they you know have a family movie out in time for when people have. Either a Thanksgiving movie movie day or the day after mm-hmm. Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I think Wreck It Ralph just destroyed him. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Wreck It Ralph in this episode, but uh, we'll probably talk about it in uh, episode seventy six. Cool, that should be in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we'll talk about Overlord. Uh, mm-hmm. This one we talked about last episode when you saw it, so I won't go that into it. I'll just give my initial thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. But really quick, so Overlord, it's uh, the new J.J. Abr- Abrams uh, bad robot. Produced movie. Yeah, produced the movie. Uh, it's a World War II sci-fi horror? Yeah, it's a mixture. Yeah, it's a mixture. It's a, I mean, if you don't J.J., you know it's, he's weird like that. <laughs> uh, it a, follows a, a group of soldiers the, uh, preceding the uh, D-Day assault on Nur- Normandy, France. Mm-hmm. Uh Dude, it was such a freaking fun movie. <laughs> yeah, right? Does uh, it really remind you of Wolfenstein? Yes, it does. Oh, my God. So, um, after we finished recording, I texted my brother. I was like, hey, uh, when are you, like, like uh, when do you want to, when are you free to go to the movies? He goes, well, what do you want to see? I'm like, Over- Overlord. He goes, 
what's overload? I'm like, oh crap. Okay, cool. So I I I, <laughs> I sent them the trailer and I said, don't look it up. Here, just watch this. And then like five minutes later, I get a text. I can go today. <laughs> uh, so I saw my brother do this. It was so fun. Um, even just the the initial probably ten minutes, like uh, it, it, when he hit the water after the airplane drop, I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, my hands were like clut, like were like this, like made it to fist the whole time. <laughs> And it's really the intro. Like he just got off the plane. <laughs> yeah. it, it's super intense, dude. I mean the the sound mixing for this movie and I did is see, like top notch. And I was waiting until next episode to tell you, but I did sign up for a list, so I saw it oh, nice. in uh, I saw it in Dolby. Oh, nice! So the sound yeah. was amazing, dude. Like like yeah. holy crap! Like Anton was not kidding about the mixing for this movie. Yeah, because that's that's how I saw it too. I saw it in Dolby, and it it, it just blew my mind. Yeah, when I was watching that. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the sound, the music, everything was, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that. Even the characters show like real emotion. Um, mm-hmm. there's one part where the 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 French woman, I forgot her name. I I said what. Uh, she was fighting one of the monsters and kills the kill kills it, and like she kind of like creepily walks away like kind of like a, a little bit nervous she's like uh-huh. all right just slowly walk away so i'm starting <laughs> to move trying to move faster <laughs> uh so it's it's very it's let's say it's uh it's gestures and behavior that you can relate to like that you can mm-hmm. tell that the character is creeped out uh and not doing anything stupid like something it, it's something you would do if you know if you saw things if you were in the dark alley and you saw something suspicious you would you wouldn't run, but you would it's keep your. Not, it's not an eighties horror movie, <laughs> right? Right. Like if you saw something creepy in an alley, uh, like a shadow or something like that, you wouldn't run, but you would like walk really fast as you're watching it, right? Like you wouldn't like yeah. yeah. So like I, I love that that little detail. Um, the characters are very uh, you, you, you you develop a connection for them. I was surprised about that. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I recommend that movie so bad. It was everything I wanted and more. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that you know a sequel will come out soon uh, following this because towards at the very end of the movie, it, it feels like there's more. Uh, well, D Day, that, that mm-hmm. D Day was was what they were setting up for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the, oh, actually, you're right. They, they redeployed them to another platoon, so I wonder if like that would lead to something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. Um, I, I feel like it, it should have been part of the Cloverfield universe, though. Yeah, I, I really thought so, too. But um, I, I know they're trying to distance themselves from that. Yeah, because I think what what they're trying to do is they're trying to build another franchise because Paramount signed a contract with uh, JJ trying to build more uh, different IPs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we talked about the last episode when he's trying to look for that big check. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next movie I saw was Bohemian Rhapsody with, uh, uh I'm forgetting his name, the guy from, uh, uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Why am I blanking out? It's like, uh, I- I'm thinking of the actress from, uh, from Big Bang Theory. I'm blanking out too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's not know. just you. <clears throat> oh, Remy Malik. There we go. Yeah. Uh, dude. Uh, okay, so a lot of the criticism for Bohemian Rhapsody was that it's a very watered-down version of the lead singer of, of Queen, Freddie Mercury, 
who had a very bohemian life. Um, he was, uh, well, I, I, I think in the movie they portrayed him as bisexual, but uh, I think in real life he was more thought of as, as, uh, as gay. Uh, but yeah, he's very like sexually open, partied around. So for this to be a, a non-rated R movie, a surprise to everybody. But it's such a it, it's a great movie, dude. Like I, I think it at least gives you a good idea of of the his struggle, not necessarily the movie about Queen, uh, but mm-hmm. his struggle um, and the music. Do you think is just they, fun. they should have went more of the route where it was more realistic about his whole life? Because I mean, it, 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 it feels like they were just highlighting the best moments of his life instead of all the stuff that happened. Uh, no, because they, they did a good job of showing... Because uh, it feels like they were trying to make a feel-good movie instead of making a movie more about how crazy his life is. Well, I, I, they did a good job of showing his downfall, like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the mistakes he made. Uh, but I, I think they were just trying to show, like, you know, at the end, he made peace with himself. He, he, mm-hmm. he rebuilt his life uh, as best mm-hmm. he could, he, and he enjoyed the moments he had. Because um, he was dying, right? Yeah, he was dying. And, mm-hmm. and just the fact that they they laid out the movie, so the initial opening is him walking. You don't see his face. You just see the camera just falling from behind, mm-hmm. uh, walking onto stage uh, about to start the concert. And right before the concert starts, it cuts away to him as a younger, uh, I think he's in high school, mm-hmm. uh, finding his band, and that's how the story starts up. But it, it mm-hmm. finishes back at that concert, and the last twenty minutes is a Queen concert. Like it, you're, you're, you're it, it's like if you're watching a Queen concert. See, I, I guess this movie, if you're a Queen fan, you love the music. This is something for you. I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, yeah. So I, I, I don't mind the criticism. I would give this one a easily three stars, three and a half, if anything. If you really love the mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. So, All right. So that's good. Uh, I still haven't seen it. But I have to see it eventually. Mm-hmm. You definitely uh, do. I'm a big uh, fan myself too. Well, and then people that Are, don't really know Queen, they forget how many songs they know of Queen. Hits, yeah, yeah, dude, they have so many hits. It's not even funny. Oh, um, and they, oh, and they really quick, sorry, and they do show. Or I don't know how accurate it is, but they do show kind of what was going on with the band that that uh, for each song when it came out, like, and they explain why each song is so different than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. All right, go That's ahead. Very cool. All right, so another movie that I watch, I don't know if you've seen it yet, is uh, Fantastic Breast. I mean, uh, Beasts. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I, Crimes of Grindelwald. I, I wanted to make sure I didn't misspell it in the, in the notes. I'm like, <laughs> what did I write? All right. Uh, it, uh, you wrote uh, Fantastic Breasts. I mean, Beasts. Fantastic Breasts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I love it quite much. I mean, this, this is more of the hardcore Harry fans that would like this one because there's a lot of references to Harry Potter lore in this one uh, compared to the, the previous one. The previous one, I mean, if you're a new fan or who haven't seen Harry Potter before, then you could watch the first one and really enjoy it. But if you watch this one and you're not a Harry Potter fan, this is going to confuse you quite a bit because there are moments where I feel like Harry Potter fans will know everything that they're talking about in the movie and people who don't would be like, what are they talking about? I mean, okay, the uh, so, action is great. So, so it, I, is it working off like established history from the other movies? Yeah, because uh, you start to see Dumbledore mm-hmm. and if 
feels like it's gonna be more of a Dumbledore story mm-hmm. but... in this one and the next one. Oh, and so I think it's a Dumbledore setup. plays. Yeah, because it's a young Dumbledore uh, played by Jude Law, and I think the next one will focus more on his origins too. So it's not just um, uh, our our main character. Um, so how? Uh, so how? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I've heard it several times. I'm forgetting it. Um, so how was uh how was oh my god no, you just said his name too and I blanked it out. Uh, Eddie Jude Law, no Jude Law, Jude Law. Uh, how's Jude Law's acting Law. for as a portrayal <laughs> of uh, a Dumbledore? Uh, I think he's great. I I, I bought it. See, that's uh, my, he's that's my thing. Like I I'm so used to seeing Dumbledore as an old man character that I don't know how it feels seeing him like as a younger scrapping guy played by Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, he he had that sassy attitude that he know what's going on all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can, sometimes he can see the future, and there are times where he knows that he uh, can do things himself, but then he wants other people to do it for him. Just like how yeah, in the Harry Potter it. series, he would be like, "Oh yeah," you know, in his mind, he knows he can do it, but he wants Harry to do it. Yeah, he's a puppet master. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so anyways, um, <clears throat> for the first time ever in the Harry Potter series, including this one, oh, no. they use a lot of magic, right? Yeah. But we never really see any magic tricks. <laughs> so this is the first time I've ever seen them do like a magic card trick. Oh, so they did, They pulled a, <laughs> now you see me? <laughs> yeah, they're like, you see the card? No, you don't see it. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, surprisingly, they did that, finally. Um, but other than that, this movie is Choose fun. Card, Anton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, I I I love I liked it quite a bit, and I hope that Harry Potter fans will keep bringing this amazing story alive by supporting this brand. So, all right. So, I mean, we're running short on time, but uh, one thing I did want to bring up is how do you feel about some of like the 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 review saying. Oh, this is the dagger for the Harry Potter franchise, or it's downhill from here. It's over. Okay, that's my See, reaction. See, that's the, the one thing I wish that they did, is that uh, not heavily put too much stuff about Harry Potter in this one. But, I mean, there's really no way when they have to... Um, I mean, this is basically prequel of Harry Potter's. So they have to do it. But I wish they had more of like a, a separate story that doesn't have so much influence. So then people who are not big fans of Harry Potter would enjoy this too. And then eventually make them want to see the other ones. Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, so I think you're, you kind of touched on what I was going to say too. Is that I think a lot of the people that are reacting to, you know, this being like, oh, it's the, oh, what do they call it? The, the Phantom Menace for Harry Potter. It's mm-hmm. a prequel that, that kind of destroys the franchise, but it it just seems like a, it's such an over dramatic. Like it's one movie. It wasn't it wasn't the best, or like compared to the other ones, it didn't make as much movie much money. But it's one movie. Like it still made a boatload of money. Like this is. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you what though, the creatures in this movie are they fantastic? Amazing. Yeah, I, <laughs> they're freaking fantastic. I swear. Like, I would solely just watch the movie. Mainly the reason is because of these creatures. They're amazing. The character of these, the design, everything about it is so amazing to watch. It's so cool. Like, I mean, you read it 
you you read about it in a couple of the the Harry Potter books, but you mm-hmm. don't really see it until you know uh, it's on screen. Okay, so right now it's at it's in tenth place out of all the Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies, so it's at the very bottom. But it's still new. Uh, let's go based on opening. Okay, it didn't have the best opening, but still, I, it still can make. Like it still made a hundred and twenty-two million so far. Yeah, it's gonna do fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's like I think if the, if the next two movies are flops, then we'll talk about the franchise being over. But for now, I think it's just movie movie reviewers and bloggers trying to be the the first ones to say it's over. We saw it. We said it first. Yeah, even the Harry Potter movies, uh, the, the, I think the third and, There's and a the fourth one didn't do so well, but then you know, the rest of it there's always a dip. blew everything out of the water. Yeah, no, there, there's always a dip. The books had it too. I, I yeah. stopped at the Goblet of was it Goblet of Fire. Yeah, Goblet of Fire. Yeah, I, I stopped at that one too, and then I went back into it. All right, Anton, uh, what would you give this out of five stars? Uh, I would give it a 3.8. Okay. It's hard to give it a, a really high score. But it's, it, there's hope to it, though. There is hope to it. Uh, okay. I, I think that there is more to this movie. Okay. All right, Anton. Well, if people want to give us hope, how can they support us? They can do that by going to our website and uh, buy some stickers or T-shirts on our website, our, our store. And if there's something that they heard on, about on the show that they would like to purchase on Amazon, they can click on any of the links that we have on our show notes or the banner. I'll take them to Amazon to buy whatever they wish to buy and gives us a little kickback. Yep, yep. All right. You can also follow us on social media at <coughs> 2OC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can send us an email to mail at the 2OC.com. Uh, anything else I'm forgetting? It's been a while. Nope. Yeah. They can also click on the buy us a beer button and it gives us a little bit of money for beer. Oh, that button. Well, this week I'm having tea. I'm having uh, Diet Coke. all right uh for the 2oc i'm al flores and i'm anton duong we'll see you guys in a couple minutes